Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and this is Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre, and we're once again recording at Nutmeg with our engineer, Frank Verderosa. Our guest this week is a radio host, comedian, TV writer, producer, music video director, and a walking encyclopedia of pop culture. He is the creator and host of the wildly popular internet call-in comedy program and podcast, The Best Show with Tom Sharpling, which New York Magazine described as a freewheeling three-ring circus and GQ called a tribunal for all that's false and undeserving in the world. And comedian Aziz Azari. Close. Yeah, I I knew I'd fuck that one up. Aziz Ansari. Aziz Ansari. Well, at least you said I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, People who like the best show don't just like it. They want to turn it into a woman and make love to it on the beach on some weird magical island. He's also been a writer-producer on TV shows such as Tim and Eric, Awesome Show, Great Job, Tom Goes to the Mayor, Monk, and The Jack and Triumph Show, as well as uh, today is his last day (laughs) on on Divorce. He's no longer working on divorce. So if you see Tom Sharpling, don't go up to him and say, hey, congratulations on that divorce show. It, I, I heard it's doing better than ever. They're tripling everyone's salary on that and giving everyone free tickets to Europe. On that. And I yacht. For mm. God's sake. Mm. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And, and he's oh. a sought-after voice yeah, actor. Not that sought-after, yeah. <laughs> yes. as of today. If if you're not working for the show Divorce, <laughs> he's sought-after. <laughs> he's a sought-after voice actor with appearances in shows like Adventure Time, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, and The Simpsons. Currently, he co-stars as Greg Universe in the Cartoon Network series Steven Universe. But he has nothing to do with the show Divorce. <laughs> More than you want? Okay, fine. He also contributed to The Onion, written and directed online, Comedy features for Funny or Die collaborated with performers such as John Hamm, Bill Hader, Paul Rudd, and yes, even Gilbert Gottfried, and directed music videos for everyone from Amy Mann to the new pornographers. He's also released six albums with his longtime comedy partner, John Worcester under the moniker Sharpling and Worcester. Please welcome to the show a big fan of this very podcast. God help him and a man who once (laughs) (laughs) waged a Twitter war with Love Connection host Chuck Woolery. 
the man who is no longer on divorce. He will not be invited to Sarah Jessica Parker's uh, birthday party. <laughs> or, um, uh, what, oh, fuck, I forgot his Matthew name. Matthew Broderick. No, no, no. Oh, oh Thomas Hayden Church. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thomas Hayden Church uh, will not be having lunch with him any day soon. So the I'm sorry hungry, because <laughs> he'll never be at any parties or having lunch with any of those two people. Multi-talented Tom Sharp. Oh well, thank you so much with that. That heartfelt really fits the mood of where I'm, I'm at. That oh, thank you. Now my first question: yeah. What's it like working on the force? Well, from what I hear, um, no, it, I worked on the first season yeah. and I'm not going to work on the second season. That's all it is. Could you please tell us why? Could I tell it just, it's just, there's different people and it's a change in guard. And so I'm, a, I'm part of the old guard and there's a new guard and I'm it sure. Happens. Yeah, it happens. The nature that's, of the business. That's how it goes. But in your case, there's no God. Yeah. Because oh, no. you're not on yeah. the no, In my case, my life is essentially over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doomed. It's just the I was I was thinking about it last night. I'm just at this point I'm just praying that um I'm in like a bodega or a convenience store and <laughs> then there's like a hold up and I thwart it and then get shot. It's like regarding Henry. And then that's how I go out. It's like a hero that I could could shot in a 7-Eleven. <laughs> and then it says hero podcaster that seven or, saves people at 7-Eleven. Or you could stop a hold up and then be shown what your life could have been by Don Cheadle. Sure. And- uh-huh. <laughs> so all right. <laughs> uh, hey, what's your feelings about Taya Leone? Um, where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, what the hell? I, mean, I was I was studying it all. Uh, what the hell? What's your feeling? That's or, why he or, was. That's why we invited or you Sergio Leone show. for that this matter. Is, well, I guess Taya Leone. I don't know what is she has some show now that I haven't seen where she, she's the Madam Secretary. Yeah, she she was in that movie with Don Cheadle, Which the married one? man. Oh, the one with Nicolas Cage. Horrible, yeah, horrible. Yeah, ca- it was movie. like a Capra warmed over oh, Capra. Oh God, yeah. I I, Family Man. She, I think it was. Called. She yeah, plays man. these parts that get on my nerves to no end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was in a movie called Spanglish that she was pretty oh, rough. Oh yeah. yes, where it's yes. like whoever wrote that. I mean, it was I think it was James James L. Brooks, L. Brooks of all people. I th- it just felt like it was not. Like he was putting every negative thing coming out in the movie came out of her mouth. And oh it, yeah, he got criticized for it too. For yeah, such an unflattering portrayal. Yeah, that was a and that's a movie. That's an Adam Sandler movie, and you end up it's a pretty huge accomplishment to watch an Adam Sandler movie and you hate someone else in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know. I was at that, that <laughs> autism benefit. Uh, oh, well, uh, uh, by, by, by Robert Schmeigels. Sure. Or Night of Too Many Stars. Mm-hmm. And I was backstage, and those are usually a fun event to be at, yeah. all these comics. 
And out of nowhere, I'm sitting in the makeup chair and Adam Sandler comes by and says something like, you know, if you had been my friend years ago, you could have been in all my movies. Something like that. And then he walks out. It was like really... That's a weird thing to say wow. to someone. Had, yes. had you broken his heart or jilted I, him at some I point? Yes, so. How, <laughs> you have no memory of that. Yeah. Or maybe mm. he just says it all day to everyone he meets. <laughs> he's he's right. at McDonald's and he says, you know, if you were my friend back then, you could have been in all my movies. And they're like, what do you want to order, yeah, sir? Sure. <laughs> you, I could have put you in Burger King. <laughs> Now, oh. here's here's a story I heard years ago hey, that you've heard, too. And that and I, I pray this story is true because I'm a big Stooges fan that Hitler. Oh, yeah. Wanted the three Stooges murdered. Yeah, that was that was one of the things that was in the Cliff Nesterhoff book. That's right. The, yeah. What was it? The, yeah. Comedians. the comedians. Yeah. Yeah. Our friend. Well, Cliff. I know they did the two films. uh uh, uh, those Nazi spies, mm-hmm. and I'll never hile again. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because I think the Three Stooges, they thought so little of them that they didn't bother them. Because I think back then you weren't allowed to make fun of Hitler yeah. in this country. So, so Chaplin was on his kill list as, as well, oh, assumedly. Yes. Yeah. And, well, and I think Jakob Schmierno. Well, that's was, just, yeah. that's just, <laughs> yeah. don't you think? <laughs> Still, yeah. Well, I mean, Hitler, so he was just, he was ahead of the curve on hating Jakob Schmierno. Yeah. <laughs> Credit where it's due. Yeah. He, yeah. But I mean, one thing to remember, though, in all seriousness, is that, um, <laughs> Here in the United States, uh, we watch television, but in Russia, television watches you. <laughs> and please don't lose sight of that. That's yes, very yeah. important. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. Yes. What a country. The other thing, oh. the other interesting thing that came out of that Cliff interview, we were just talking about it before we turned the mics off, was the Jerry Lewis talk show, which he's come yeah. here and talked about. You you sounded fascinated. It's It's like the, for a guy like Jerry Lewis, that's like the the apex of his ego kind of. Uh, now, now, this was the two-hour one? Yeah, the one yeah. in the early 60s. Yeah, that supposedly had no preparation. And it was a it was a show where they had redone this the theater to be the Jerry Lewis Theater. That's right. And his face was everywhere. You said in, it was on doorknobs. It was on a tile. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he bragged that he had this control panel that he could override the 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 show's director and choose the shots that the that the uh, in case the director was not as good a director as Jerry was, which is what he clearly <laughs> thought that he could he knew what the right shot was, and it's just and then the show was, I think they said the stuff started breaking down right away, like that that panel didn't work, and it just was it, like on the first night the thing was falling apart, and he was. Uh, so didn't he apologize for it at a point? Like take out an ad in Variety and just go like probably, probably, yeah. Well, I yeah. think Cliff tells a story that he just decided to wing the monologue and and just yeah. And then Charlie Callis was a strange choice. Well, as Charlie, a sidekick, a guy who's funnier than oh, he is. Was Charlie Callis in that one, or was Charlie? Was Charlie Callis, Callis in the second he one? He was in the talk show. You're right. Show. You're right. You're right. 
Because I remember right. in the talk show, the most eerie moment for me was Jerry Lewis is there and Charlie Callis is sitting in the Ed McMahon chair. And Jerry Lewis mentioned some guy who died in the show business who no one in the audience knows who the hell he is. And he goes, uh, so I think we should take <laughs> a moment of silence. And I'm sure like the sponsors are going, oh, great. Yeah, We're good, paying yeah. for a moment of silence. <laughs> yes. And and to make matters worse, he goes, a moment of silence where we sit. And then he reaches and takes out a cigarette case and goes, have a cigarette. <laughs> and And especially when you consider this guy... I bet my money died of cancer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so there was a variety show. The one you're talking about is a variety show. The two hour. The two hour one, yeah. one was a variety. Oh, there were three. There and were then there three. was the one he did for Fox in the 80s yeah. Or, yeah. or the late 70s. Yeah, that was the talk show. Another talk show. And the and, one with Callis was a talk show. Yeah. And there was the there was a variety show, but that was like a half hour or hour. Yeah. But this was like the first of the. Yeah, this was like the Saturday night show or something like and, and it just i think they it was such a huge bomb right off the bat i yeah that's the stuff i can't get enough of just egos run wild like that and he's he just does nothing but provide that yes like um there's a youtube clip of of um jerry lewis on stanley siegel oh god that's like in the late 70s remember that show and it was him it was jerry lewis and al goldstein were on together and they were uh doing one of those like these are the new high-tech devices and the new gadgets and things and then jerry was just like it's like and here's a here's like a camera that's a thing and jerry's like my have uh i have that already and he's like uh oh so he's like, it's like but it's a high, he's like i actually have 13 of those in my house already. <laughs> he's just like he had to win every oh, exchange yes. and it's like and this is when he's like coming up on 50 and i guess he had just done uh Hardly working would have been the last of like oh. the, like the, the movies where he was an idiot in them. Yeah. Well, there was hardly working, and sh- what was the other one? Smorgasbord. Smorgasbord. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but hardly work. Hardly working. I mean, this is the eighties, and he's doing Yellowface. He's yeah. still yeah. doing. <laughs> yeah. Still doing that. He's still sitting down in an office trying to get a job, and then, but it's like you're you're an old guy now. It's yes, actually it's like it's you're sad. Yeah. I, you watch that and you go, yeah, he's he's old and he's he doesn't have a job. He can't support himself. Yeah, it's tragic. Yeah. It's like the system is failing people like this. Can't we help guys like this coming up on scene? He's almost a senior citizen, and he's still trying to find his way through the workplace. And yet, he's always been nice to you, Gil. Yes, when, you're, when yes. you've had dealings with him. What do you have at home, Jerry? I know you... I have six kids. No, but in terms of electronics, uh, what do you have? What do you want? <laughs> I've got it all. Well, no, you've got a lot of stuff. How many TV sets do you have, for example? Um, you probably have an advent, don't you? Yeah, I have, no, I have the Sony. Projection the, system? The projection system. Um, I have a 33-room house. In the house, I would say there are 15 television sets. 15 television sets? Approximately. Would these would these fit into your lifestyle? Would that phone, for example, be a good idea for you? I use the phone. I have that. You in, have that yeah. in your You have one in a car or one in a portable? I have one in a car. I have one in a briefcase. I have one in my galoshes somewhere. <laughs> I bet you this is beautiful. I'd like to get that for my little boy. 
I saw him. I went to a benefit in Las Vegas in uh, a few months ago. It was uh, Chris Angel organized yeah. this benefit for for sick kids, and my friend was just like, "We have to go to this thing," and it because it was a line. The lineup was just insane. It was like every weird Las Vegas performer, <laughs> you know, like like Terry Fader and oh yeah, Terry oh, Fader. and all those guys, yeah. and it's just yeah. like. A ventriloquist, like a like an impressionist whose thing wasn't updated since like Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> and then the curtain goes up, and he was kind of in a chair already, yeah. and and it was just such a sad thing that he just was there, and he he seems like he's just really at the end, and he's kind of, but he still was doing that bragging thing. He's like, my new movie is uh, Max Rose is the best reviewed film of my career. And then we were in the theater, and I looked on my phone to, at Rotten Tomatoes, and I showed my friend Jason, and it was like at thirty-two percent. Uh, <laughs> like so, it's like this movie's getting hammered. It's the best-reviewed movie of his career. It's like, come on, it's like it was really kind of a bummer. But he is like, he's like the only connection to to old he's, to those guys. All of them much are it. dead. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe Rickles. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, like yeah, those two are it. the only ones who legitimately. New, all of them, the original guys, yeah, like especially Jerry. When you think of like with he would hang out with Chaplin and all the stuff like that, yeah. and he's like, a, them all, yeah, so he's the he's the last one. Now, then have, finally, we're free of the past, yeah. When he goes, <laughs> <laughs> what was the thing about the shoes you told us before we turned the oh, mics on? It's worth telling in uh, the day the clown cried, the movie that that he won't release, or right? Where he was the clown in the Holocaust, yeah. um. Supposedly, he is still wearing like new shoes in it, like really high end shoes. Like he still couldn't, <laughs> he still couldn't not be Jerry Lewis. And like he's like, well, I still need to have nice shoes on if I'm going to be in this thing. Yes, I'm a clown in a concentration camp, but these new shoes I have. Yeah, it's it's uh, those are the guys that you can't. I just can't stop thinking about that kind of hubris. And is it true? Jerry Lewis once said, I used to work on divorce, but now I don't. With the Sharon Jessica and the poison. Oh. That's versatility. Yeah, With the Thomas Hayden boy. <laughs> yeah, that. You get young Jerry mm-hmm. and you get old bitter Jerry yeah. out of the old. same comic. Yeah. And you know, when Mari Short does it, he does the uh-huh. lozenge. Oh, oh, that's the, right. That's the lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. The cough and the, yeah. Yeah, I think that that's a pretty good, that's the voice I hear in my head now. Oh, if, yes. if anything. <laughs> I'm hearing a variety of people saying that. So, yeah, it's just, and when I lay my head on my pillow tonight, it will just get, the voice will get louder <laughs> and louder. <laughs> And now we're going to drag the show to a screeching halt as we bring you some important messages. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, 
Priceline. And now back to the show. Now, Tom, uh-huh. you're a fan of this show, yes. which flatters us. I'm a huge fan of this show. You are too kind. Yes. Anything Anything stand out to you in particular? Um, in 170-something episodes, or am I putting you on the spot? Oh, I, I just like I, the Larry Storch one I thought was fantastic. Oh, oh that yeah. was one of yeah. our first. That was great. Um, we got to sing the F-Troop theme and with Larry. The one that I always think of is uh bob zamuda oh no which when he told the story about being at the playboy mansion and deceiving women that he was pretending to be jim carrey or what was it like pretty much it and he's pretty much i mean i don't want to say he's he's doing i don't want to throw out actual accusatory (laughs) like, like actionable words but he was he was testing the lines of propriety i guess is what you do because if you pretend you're somebody you're not and then sleep with them that's that's like illegal right isn't that in some way and he's bragging about it and it's like this is like yeah this is like a confession like he should he should check the statute of limitations on this he might hear this in court like he'll be sitting at a table in a courtroom and then somebody will press play and he hears this here's your podcast you never know what people are going to say and, on this show. And then it's also the thing of he and and uh, Andy Kaufman, mm-hmm. who made their lives like bullshitting everybody. Yeah. You got to wonder each story he tells. Yeah. It's always where he'll tell these stories and then you're just like, well, there's nobody here to to yeah. to, 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 <laughs> to contradict what you're saying where he'll be like, and then I went and then it was just. He tells this one story about a donut shop. Did you ever hear that one where he's like no, he worked so. for he worked for Norman Wexler, the screenwriter, sure. and he would call, in his book he called him Mister X, and he was just like this guy who would like he went into the donut shop and they wouldn't sell him the one donut, and then he bought everything in the donut shop except that one donut, and he had everybody taking their tops off and he was throwing money at everyone. It's like, this is not true. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, this is just science fiction. But, but that nobody is around to say like, Bob, you're making stories up now. And you know, there are these, I, I always wonder with these Andy Kaufman things as if like Andy Kaufman is just like somewhere like on the other side, like banging on a thing like, <laughs> Like no, he's not. This that didn't happen either. Like, I, that was my idea, not hit. Like he, like he, he seems to inflate his role in oh, everything. Yes, yes. To where it's like I, you gotta call bullshit on <laughs> on his. Because uh, you know Andy Kaufman was probably just like, man, how do I ditch this dude? Like I, I gotta get rid. And then then the like the phone call when Bob is just like hears he's gone and he's just like. I guess I'm the keeper of the flame now, forever. Because he does, he does the thing of like, is he still alive? It's yeah, like, he pushes that, that pretty hard. Isn't that gross in a way? It's oh, like, yes. Is he the fake his death? It's like he would be 78 now anyway if he faked his death. <laughs> like he would have died of natural causes like, already. Like Jerry and Smorgasbord. <laughs> so you grew up in New Jersey, mm-hmm. local boy. What, sure. What did you watch? We ask everybody that. I know you listen to comedy albums because I heard an interview yeah. with you. A lot of Channel 5, a lot of Channel 11. Yeah, local stuff. Yeah. Our stuff. Yeah. Million dollar movie. Sure. Yeah. I always remember, like, uh, there was a thing called, like, when you when I'd come home from school, there was a thing called TV Picks. Do you remember that? Where it was, like, 
Channel 11, Pix 11 had. Oh, okay. Where they would show video. It was like it would, like when video games, like when like were first really blowing up in the 80s, it would be like when home video game systems. And there would be a thing where kids could play during the commercial. Like it would be like they'd come back from commercial and be like, okay, you're, we have, you know, Billy on and he's going to play the game now. And it's like the spaceship is shooting and the kid would go, Pix, when it's time to fire the thing. Or, I remember that. Right. Oh, my God. I haven't thought of that yeah. in 30 years. And there would be like a football one where you'd have to say picks for the quarterback to throw. It's like there's no way to time this thing. You know, the, <laughs> the, the, like because it's there's a delay and everything. There's just no way. And but then when it would be the one shoot game, the kids would just scream like, pick, 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 pick. <laughs> and then they'd win. It's just like. Do you remember uh, yeah. that, Gil? Oh, yeah. This would be the 80s. Yeah, yeah. 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 That was the yeah. 80s. So. I, I remember watching TV back then. They always had the Bowery Boys on. Oh, yeah. Especially when, like, a like a Yankee game would get rained out or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. Suddenly, <laughs> it'd, be like, it'd be like, oh, here's some Bowery Boys are on. <laughs> like, that's how I found out about all that stuff is just, like, you look, it's raining. Here's, there's Hunt's Hall now. There he is. Yeah. And, uh. Do you watch Antenna TV? Oh, yeah. Do you yeah, watch Antenna? Yeah, well, it's called, yeah, there's Get TV now, yeah. there's Antenna, and of yeah. course there's Me TV. Yeah, there's all these channels just running I know. nonstop everything programming. Everything. Yeah. You could just find, you know, like the Long Street, The Blind Detective, and yeah. sitcoms that haven't been seen in 40 years. Yeah, and like- I'm, Treasure Trove. Yeah, really. It's like Antenna just shows like, like good, they'll show like good, all night it'll just be good times- running all night and it's like i hadn't seen those in so long and we had john amos here yeah a couple of months ago yeah he's just the so great but it's like that show it's like one minute it's the most bleak serious like it's like a play oh yeah (laughs) and then the next second like like 15 seconds later jimmy walker's wearing like a leotard and like dancing (laughs) around the apartment it's like the tonal shift on the show was so nuts to be just like, it's like, we're going to get evicted. We don't have yeah. to, like, you got fired, James. What are we going to do? You have no money. And then this next thing, he's like, dynamite. And like, well, that was, and, the, uh, that was the pull and tug. That was the, the, the that's the role. And John Amos were trying to take the show more in that yeah. direction. I, yeah. I, and they resented Jimmy. Doing yeah, the, oh yeah. The chicken, they the chicken they hated him. <laughs> that, that is that must just be the the weirdest moment when someone breaks out on a show that's not supposed to break out like michael j fox on oh, yeah. family ties where yeah. Yeah. i mean that was supposed to be a show about this couple and then suddenly everybody wants michael I heard j fox the, the mother on this show what meredith baxter bernie yes yeah. she she's grew to hate michael j fox <laughs> Where do you get this information? (laughs) And she used to like him to shit on a glass coffee table. Oh, stop that now. (laughs) I think you're mixing your celebrity (laughs) stuff. You got your mixed urban mitts there. (laughs) Get a little blurry. (laughs) One of your influences, this is an interesting bit of confluence, one of your influences was SNL. In, oh yeah, in, in the day. Do you remember Gilbert season? Yeah. Oh geez. Yeah. When you and uh, let me see who I can name from that. Okay, season. Okay, let's see. This will let's impress see. us. Gal Mathias. 
Yes. Wow. Yeah. Archie got a hard one right off the bat. Denny Dillon. Yeah. Tony Rosado, who just passed no, away. No, no, no. He no. was later. later. He came later. Okay. later. Um, well, Charles Rocket. Yes. Yep. Um, well, J- Joe Piscopo. Yes. Eddie Murphy. Yes. You're doing well. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, was uh, Gary Kroger there yet? No. He came no, later. He was later. Um, man, I'm now I'm blanking. I'm trying to picture... George Coe was not a part of your no, run. George no. Coe was on the original in 75. George Coe was the four. I think he had a four-episode run. Yes. He was, he was just, He yeah. would be for the radio mm-hmm. parody. Right. I mean, the commercial yeah, parody. Yeah, yeah. So, the one you didn't get is the one nobody gets. Well, Robin Duke. No, she no, came no, later. later she came later. She okay. came, she like came with Eversol. Okay. All right. After Gene Domanian was deposed. Sure. But the one nobody gets is Ann is Risley. Sure, that's that's yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. and Denny Dillon. You said that. You say Denny. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was it was just the four guys. It was you, Piscopo, uh, Charlie Rocket, and Eddie came not at the very beginning. Uh, Eddie, Eddie, uh, when he was originally hired, was a featured player. So who the hell are we but forgetting? Later on the season, they did make him a regular cast member. Right, and the women were Denny, Gail, Matthias, and Ann Risley. Yes, and that was it. Yeah, right. And Harry Shearer doesn't talk to you anymore yeah. because, oh, yes. oh, because of what you came out and said. Be- because <laughs> we're doing a thing where we all introduce ourselves. And my, you know, and it's like, I don't know, Charlie Rocket comes out and says, I'm Charlie Rocket. I'm kind of a cross between uh, Bill Murray and Chevy Chase or something mm-hmm. like that. And mine was... Um, Hi, I'm Gilbert Gottfried. I'm a cross between John Belushi <laughs> and that guy who used to do the imitations who nobody remembers. <laughs> <laughs> so not even your uh, fault. It was a it was a scripted yeah, line. And and Paul Schaefer is the way I found this. Paul Schaefer said to me, you know, Harry, Harry Shearer hates you. <laughs> <laughs> Because you read a line that yes. was written for you, yes. Yeah. And then we we told Michael McKean that, and he said he said that you're in you're in a lot of company. Oh yeah, <laughs> a lot of people Harry dislikes. We should put that to the test. We should we should just have the balls to call him up and see if he wants to do the show. Oh yeah, see if he's holding the grudge. Yes, but meanwhile, didn't he make a shitload because he held out on the Simpsons? Of course. Well, I mean, yeah. it's been going for twenty. He would have made it anyway. Now, yeah, but, yeah, but he held out for mm-hmm. more money. I guess a couple of years ago there was some situation where he wasn't doing it, and yeah, I guess yeah. he did hold out. I don't know. I know one thing I know is I don't any of these hold out get paid more money. That would be like for me, it would be more. I, I have more of a chance of like telling you what it would be like to land on Mars and oh, like walk yeah. on this than to just be like, look. And then I held out. <laughs> And they came, they came crawling back. They were like, what if we double your money? It's like, no, I've never been in a situation like that. I'm kind of like, well, can I at least gather my stuff up? Before? <laughs> Does anybody have a box I can have? But you and John, your partner, you did a Simpsons. You guys yes. played scientists. We they, they wrote a part for us. Mm-hmm. And, and we That's flattering. It was great. Yeah, it was super flattering. And uh, it was really... Uh, it was strange how how they kind of we went out there and did it and they they really they just have their thing is like such a machine and it, they they 
there's a certain kind of rhythm and everything to it. So kind of getting into that was a little strange or not strange, but it was just different. And, but they, then like every cartoon, it's like they make it sound better than it sounded when you say it. Cause they chop it up and yeah, sure. They fix the timing on things. So yeah, it was great. And I couldn't believe that was like a thing that you can't even be like, boy, I wish I could do a voice on the Simpsons. It's like, when is that ever going to happen? But they like the radio show. So they did it. They wrote one, something for us. So it was very flattering. We had Mike Reese on the show here, and Gilbert gave him shit for never putting him on The Simpsons. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's only been on for like thirty-five <laughs> sure. years. So, oh. Gil, they're getting to you. <laughs> oh, look, yeah, we're going backwards it's, to the cheese. Yeah, it's still in just triple digits in terms of the amount of episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so look, let them get, let them hit the one thousand episode mark. <laughs> then it's just going to be wide open for guys yeah, like you sure. to just. Then they're going to get to the list that they've been holding back for the well, past the one thousand episode mark. You do you're, a lot of cartoon voiceovers. You do. You do. You're now on the show, uh, Steven Universe. Yeah, yeah. I do the the dad on that, which is nice, and I do it here. You at, do it here at, at, Nutmeg. Here at Nutmeg. We'll throw in a plug for yes. Frankie Verderosa. Yeah. And Nutmeg, you guys both do a lot of cartoon voiceovers. Oh yeah. Gilbert's yeah. on. What are you on? Cyber Squad or uh, one of those? Cyber things? Chase. Cyber Chase. Mm-hmm. And they've called me in as the villain a couple of times on um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, were you Krang? Oh, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, don't leave. Waxing is free. Oh, what's up, Stewball? Just helping Sour Cream take his gear to the warehouse. Oh, like a roadie, huh? Yeah. What about you? Oh, same old, same old. Not too busy. Don't worry. I'm sure it'll pick up soon. Thanks, kiddo. Whoa. Look at the size of that thing. Steven, don't tell him about the free wax. Now, what do you remember of my season of Saturday Night Live? I remember uh, there was diverticulitis. Wasn't that a, a thing, like a punchline? for? No, that was Joe Piscopo, oh, right? Okay. Joe, I remember you had a thing where it was you, it was a, a couple. Oh, yeah, right? with Denny Dillon, yeah, the yeah. Waxman. That's right. I remember that. Yeah, I think that might be what I remember. I remember it. Denny on a map in the Leather Weather Report. Oh, my God, They yes. put her in a leather harness and strapped her yes. to, a, to a weather map. You remember God, that? Yeah. I, I, How many I, did you do again? 11? I think, yeah, 11. Right. I, I think the last one was supposed to have that guy from Monty Python. Oh, uh, Graham Chapman. Yes. Yeah. But it got taken off uh, before. <laughs> and it, it is a horrible season. And, of course, we have with us tonight Dr. Calvin Zuko, who caused quite a controversy with his theory of the myth of the female orgasm. Dr. Zuko. That's right, Charlie. There's no such a thing as a female orgasm. Women don't have orgasms. This will all be in my new book entitled Foreplay or Just Plain Stalling. (laughs) The female orgasm does not exist. Let's face it. I've been with a lot of women and not one of them has had an orgasm. (laughs) Doesn't that tell you something? What were the what were the the after show? What did it feel like after an episode of it? Uh, I usually pretty depressing. Like was yeah, because 
now they do it and everybody goes to like a restaurant and it's a huge party and everybody's well, this, laughing this and is, having a great yeah, time. This steakhouse. is my favorite part of when I was on it. We would go to a restaurant and, of course, everyone, whatever you ordered, you were given a check. Mm-hmm. You were given a bill for it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. That's a bad yeah. season. And I thought, <laughs> how's this a party? <laughs> yes. You know those parties yeah. when you... Go and sit down at a table, and then you pay for what you ordered. Uh, yes, those parties yeah. you're at. Yeah, yeah, it's like I was at one of those parties earlier at uh, at uh, at uh, uh, Pret a Manger. I was at a party oh, yes. earlier, <laughs> and I ordered a thing and a bottle of water, and then I was having a real party, and I paid eleven dollars. It's like going to a party at someone's house and going, "Okay, well, you had two cupcakes and <laughs> yeah. uh, Diet Coke." <laughs> yeah. But what were you guys always talking about? Did it feel like this thing was going to end any minute, or was it? it well, I what well, was so it was like I I always say it's like um, back then to do uh, Saturday Night Live without the original cast mm-hmm. was like if in the middle of Beatlemania, yeah, you said. John Paul, George, and Ringo are leaving. We've got four other schmucks, and we want you to cheer. We got Beatlemania. Yes, yes, (laughs) exactly. And so they were already panning the show before we even got on the air. Yeah, you guys were cannon fodder. Oh, it was horrible. For for a larger thing. And so, yeah, so you're doing that, but, but in the midst of that, did the Eddie Murphy thing feel different than everything? Did it feel like there was this like kid who's on fire? Uh, I I I think he did one thing where he introduces himself on the news segment mm-hmm. that got big laughs, and then at that point, everyone said, "Oh, okay." Yeah, but did you see it? I I I don't know. I liked him. I mm-hmm. thought he was funny, but I mm-hmm. can never say. I I would like. Love to take credit for it. Yeah. Well, know. I mean, the one thing I will say is that if if you had just been friendly with him, you would have been in all of his movies. <laughs> uh, that's a pro. Yeah. A pro does a callback. <laughs> you, yeah. <laughs> and well, he turned and up in one. Had yeah, uh, yeah. Beverly Hills yeah. Cop two. Yeah. And but had I been friends with him, Eddie Murphy would have made Grown Ups. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a piece of shit, by the way. Did yeah. you see that? I uh I've seen parts of it on things. <laughs> this may be the angriest show we've ever done. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> thank God they did grown ups too oh, for all God. the questions they didn't get to answer in the first one. Of you know you weren't sure if uh Kevin James was gonna uh just <laughs> If he was gonna uh, crap crap his pants at the cookout. <laughs> Speaking of SNL, yes. that, there is a video, the opening scene yes. of the first show with you, all you guys in the dressing room with Bill Murray, which oh, is kind yes. of fun. And he tousles your hair. Oh at, at my one god! Point. Yeah, yes. yeah, it's very surreal. Wasn't there a thing where you guys were in bed? Wasn't there a giant? Uh, yes, yeah. yes, and yeah. we all like. Uh, yeah. That might have been the one where we all introduce ourselves. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I get them all mixed up. Mm-hmm. So they're not really available anywhere. Thank God. Somebody must have them. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah. they were putrid yeah. jokes. And was Jean Demanian, could you feel her 
Like, did it just feel like she was the wrong fit for this thing the whole time? Well, I I will say that at the SNL 40th party, mm-hmm. uh, she got angry at me. And <laughs> Uh-oh. You didn't tell me this. Yeah. You told yeah, me Lauren she, paid you a compliment. Lauren, yeah, that was amazing. Lauren Michaels paid me a compliment. That's nice. Yeah. But she was angry at me. Well, because one time I went on one of these Saturday Night Live remembering shows. Uh-huh. And, and I just was trying to be funny, and I said... That G. Domanian is the type of woman who watches a Marx Brothers movie and goes, well, Margaret Dumont's funny, but <laughs> who are those other three? And I think she didn't see the humor. Oh, she to took this. that the wrong way. Yeah. That, yeah. That's... <laughs> so she sought you out at this party yes. to tell you. <laughs> Even worse, I said hello to her uh-huh. and she walked away angry and <laughs> dejected. Yeah. They seemed very healthy, <laughs> carrying that anger. You were see that's what was wrong with the whole thing. If only you hadn't said that. It's just like, like it just didn't. Can we just all move forward oh, from yes. that? Well, like, tell, yes. tell Tom the story, and you've told it on the show, but it's worth telling. And Tom, maybe Tom hasn't heard it of of uh, how you knew the writing was on the oh, wall. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Uh, uh, they. They um they <laughs> fired Gene Domanian. Sure. And then uh, uh, Dick Ebersole yeah, was coming. Seems like in. a very funny guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you remember what Franken said about him? Yeah. What did he say? He said, "I've known Dick long enough to know that he doesn't know Dick." Yeah. <laughs> and 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 Ebersole uh-huh. takes us all together and says, mm-hmm. "Oh, look, you know, I've been called in late. I'm not going to make any major changes. I'm we're going to take a week off and then I'll tell." And and so so we're waiting outside the office and going in one by one to find out our fate. <laughs> and while I'm waiting, there was a little table there where they used to throw the fan letters. So I saw one address to me from some girl in Wyoming or something. And I open it up and it says, Dear Gilbert, I'm so sorry about what happened to you. <laughs> I haven't even gone into the room yet. <laughs> I love that. Then I had to come in and act surprised when I was fired. That's like, that is hurtful. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's the craziest thing ever. You so you no, you have no curiosity to go back and look at any of those. Not even no, like a, just just no. just just out of like God. No, they, not at all. I, I it's I that cr- painful. Yeah, I cringe at the thought of it. There must because there are snippets on YouTube and there must be yeah. scattered around. I mean, they were never put out. Yeah. On VHS, the Marty Short season was never put out either. The the eighty five. It was on VHS. Yeah, the one mm. the one where they did where Ebersol did the All Star cast with Harry Shearer and Billy Crystal and Billy and, Crystal yeah. and uh, the short stuff is great mm. in yeah. that season. And the way people talk about that, that behind the scenes, um, like that was just there were two camps in the building. Eighty four, I think it was. It was okay. 80, yeah, eighty four. Like there was just there these guys just stuck to themselves and they wouldn't. Like this, so there's this cast inherited of God, of people just still working on this thing, and then like yeah. these ringers come in and they just wouldn't. Right. They would just once in a while deem to let one of the other people be in a, a, one of their sketches. And right. 
that it, there was definitely a hierarchy for those guys. Well, they were brought in as like murderers row. Yeah, they were supposed yeah. to be. There's there's a sketch. There's a uh, a game show sketch with with uh, Short doing Jackie Rogers Jr. the albino mm-hmm. that is yeah. brilliant. Yeah, with, and and they used Mary Gross. And they use Jim Belushi as Captain Kangaroo, mm-hmm. and then it's just it's the one where where Crystal does Sammy, and that's right, yeah. It's really yeah. really funny when he would be in full blackface on television. <laughs> yes. I was just yes. go- I was Which just going to say that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now that would not be allowed. It would kill uh, Billy Crystal's career if he came out in blackface. Yeah, he would. <laughs> he still might do it though. He might think he could get away with it. <laughs> I think his. His ego, he's got that Jerry Lewis thing. He he would think he could make a case for it. And that's another guy I'm fascinated with, Billy Crystal, where he had the show a year or so ago. Was it called The Comedians? And it was oh, him and Josh, Josh Gad. Gad. And it was supposed to be one of those kind of like curb your enthusiasm, like look behind the curtain and just show what it was like when Billy Crystal playing himself doing a, variety show with josh gad and he was always like so i was like i can't work with this kid this comedian he's like this he's like the young guy he doesn't get it it's like well first of all josh gad is not it's not like he's some maniac who is like he's like <laughs> as conventional a guy as possible but every episode of the show would have someone come up to billy crystal and be like oh my god it's billy crystal you're my favorite <laughs> performer like oh my god you're you're the greatest like and there's supposed to be this like uh, this warts and all performance, but he made sure every episode had somebody just like, oh my god, you're you're I watched your movies my whole life. You're my favorite comedian. You're second only to Christ. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, he just like guys like that. They just can't not celebrate themselves and make sure that something. He's just like because he's like, look, maybe I'll do a thing where I steal some stuff from craft services. And show him not a oh, yeah. perfect guy. It's like he kind of can't really rib himself too much. He's like, man, they caught me putting a bottle, a case of water in my trunk in the thing. Because it shows I'm normal just like everybody else. And But then he makes sure this is his worshipfulness <laughs> running through the whole thing. What are you doing here, Billy Crystal? It huh? is- Thank you. <laughs> you were- it is interesting, interesting that you can't do any kind of blackface now, and it wasn't that long ago. It was the 80s. He did a, he did a special, too, where uh, I remember him as Sammy and Brother Theodore. Yeah. The two of them did Who's On First. It's actually mm-hmm. very funny, very surreal. But yeah. it's not that long ago. No, I mean, Daryl Hammond did, oh, he did Jesse, Jesse Jackson, Jackson oh, yeah. on right. SNL, yeah, that's right. and that was, that was – and. So I guess was that the last thing? I think Fred Armisen. Oh, Fred Armisen might have. He played, he played Patterson. He played the blind uh, governor. Yeah, I don't think. But he also did Obama. I don't know if he did anything for that. He might have just performed right. that. But I mean, Daryl Hammond was in blackface yeah, as Jesse true. Jackson. That's true. So, yeah, if only we could figure out what would get Billy Crystal. To, <laughs> he. I heard a thing that he. When he was doing that 700 Sundays, that show that, like, he would sell these baseballs in the lot, like, like, like at the merch table at the thing. And that he was just buying these, like, used batting practice balls from the Yankees, like, that were just all dented up. He's just buying them by the box load and then just signing them and then sell like. Gilbert's kicking himself for not thinking of that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Selling that after his shows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, uh, yeah, who wouldn't want a, a baseball autographed by 
by anybody who doesn't play baseball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the best show. Sure. And, and how everything came about. You had just an interesting history. I mean, you were a music guy. You worked in a sheet music store. You had your own record label. How did yeah, you well, get you set, record label being very generous? Well, you had a record. I, I put some forty fives uh, out. All right, friends. Yeah, we'll be generous here. Yeah, and you you segue. I've heard you say that comedy in the best show is a hilarious show. Yeah, you, you you had no real designs on doing comedy. You were well, just kind of. I've never been spinning I'm, records. It's I'm not interested in being in front of people. Like performing is not something that's ever appealed to me. Mm-hmm. Where I just never felt the call to be. In front of people, I like writing. I like directing. I like doing things, but it's more behind the scenes stuff. Has always felt more what I'm comfortable doing. But I just like I just can't do the thing where we're just doing. I could not imagine doing stand up. I mean, would, would, what is like? Did did you guys know when you started doing stuff that that was? Did you feel it like this is where I'm supposed to be? Well, I never did stand up. I'm a writer. He started at 15. You yeah. never did any? No, I started. I wrote for a lot of stand ups, okay. but I never. Uh, for some reason, I thought you had done a little bit in the a long time ago. Never no. did. Okay. No sketches when I was in my 20s, but uh, never. No, never had the the you know the desire to do stand up either. It's a certain takes a certain creature. Yeah. So at 15, when you did it, were you just like, "This is where I'm home up here"? You know how people feel like this it, is where I belong. I what I always my answer is always the same. I always feel like I got into show business because I was too stupid to do anything else, <laughs> and I was so stupid that I thought I didn't realize the the odds against making it. Yeah. And and I was dumb enough to think, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll just make it and and people pay money to come see me. So you, <laughs> never, you never had a backup plan? No, right, no. Right. Yeah. And now when people say to me, oh, you know, I'm starting to do comedy, I think, oh, my God, why? Yeah. Well, and, first of all, everybody does comedy. There's so yeah. much comedy now. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, I don't even know how you could differentiate yourself from everybody else starting out. It well, it's just like anybody who wants to make a movie nowadays, like three-year-olds go on the internet and they mm-hmm. make a movie. Yeah. Well, I don't know about three. Yeah. <laughs> sure? Three and a half. Yeah. Okay. Three and a half. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, but it is, there's just so much stuff now. You raise an interesting point. There weren't when he started, and even when I first saw you in the eighties, yeah. there weren't a lot of comics doing surreal stand-up, your kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, you know, not opening your eyes and shaking the mic and all yeah. of the and all the, the the gimmicks and the affectation and all of that stuff. Everybody, even then, was pretty much doing traditional stand-up. Yeah. There, now it's you're right. You make every, an interesting case that it's just like everybody. There's a there's a crowd for. Every style yeah. now might not be enormous, but everybody can find some sort of group that they're talking for. Or, or yeah, you were different. You were very different then. Yeah, I would. I, it's so weird too that I I think about it, and I think like if you say to me, "Think of two stars," I'll go, "Okay, well, Tom Cruise and Julia Roberts." Mm-hmm. Those are like, I don't think they're the biggest stars around. There's these people on the internet mm-hmm. who squeeze their blackheads or something, and they'll get like an uncontrollable mob to come yeah. see them. Yeah. 
Well, I get the, but you always look in those people. It's just like there's always been people who kind of. It's like they're like the Raymond J. Johnston of the. Oh, <laughs> like, who, who, oh you mean uh, you Bill, can call me Billy Ray. Saluga. <laughs> well, uh, you You're can right. call me Ray, <laughs> and you can call me G. Funny you bring him you up. Don't have to call me Johnson. A fan yeah. of mine sent, yeah. looked him up in the phone book and mm-hmm. sent me his number today and said, you got to have Billy Saluga on the like, show. Because so, for anybody who says like. Like, there's all these talentless people these days. It's like, there's always been talentless people. (laughs) They're just, I think they just come into your house now on your computer. Like, they have more, you have, there's less of a wall between you and them. They, They come to you now. But you were spinning records originally. I mean, your your music is yeah. your is your background. I was doing a music show on on WFMU, which is a station in in New Jersey that's a listener sponsored station. And I was doing a music show, and then comedy kind of started creeping into it. And then there was just a point where it's like, let's just do a comedy show. It's just that's what I'm interested in doing, and this is the right fit because I just grew up radio is another. Just growing up listening to radio. Yeah, I was Bob telling Grant. Gilbert that you were a fan not of his politics, but mm-hmm. of his broadcasting style as Bob Grant. Yeah. Bob, did you ever listen to Bob oh, Grant? Yes. Sure. Yes. Sure. Growing up here. When he would just, he was, I mean, I, he was just such a, I thought he was such a, like a repellent human, <laughs> but he knew how to be captivating on the radio and he would be so funny when somebody would, he'd be like, I'd be like, hey, Bob, what's going on? How are you, Bobby? And it got him so mad when anybody just said, how are you, was enough. He'd be like, what's on your mind, Bill? <laughs> he was always mad like, because it's just they're burning up five seconds of the show asking, how are you? And then once if somebody was droning on, you'd hear him just pour a pitcher of water in the background, <laughs> like filling up a glass. Like he just knew how to do that. I thought he was so funny. And then he, once in a while he would do this thing, the gag hour, where it was called gag, the gag was get at Grant and people could call and say anything to him and just insult him for a full hour and he would just take it. And it's like, that was really funny stuff. And it's just like, that was an influence on me in just in terms of being just, I guess, being on and having a persona on yeah. the radio. And so, but yeah, he, he was, he was something else. You abuse a caller or two every now and then it's fun. Yeah. Oh, me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I. Yeah. It's like a. It's so unfair. People call and say something, and then I just start talking about something else when they they've been waiting a week. They've been waiting a week to say the thing they're going to say. They're on hold for an hour and a half, and they're trying to say the thing to be on topic. And then I just start moaning about some other thing, and then they're just like, "Well, what is he talking about?" I got to drop what I was ready to say. It's just, it's not fair, but. There's a, there's a there's a surreal aspect to it too. I mean, there was a, a a team that called and and was depressed, and you started playing. I mentioned this to you on the oh, phone. Oh yeah, you started playing the entire Bridge Over Troubled Water album, yeah. singing it. Yeah, he was he seemed sad. Yeah, and you know you listen to Bridge Over Troubled Water when you're sad. He sings the entire what? record. What every song? El Condor yeah. Pasa just, and Cecilia. Seeing how keep the customer yeah. satisfied. There's also a thing. Seeing how long you keep the kid on the line. <laughs> To just be like, I don't know what this guy's talking about. <laughs> now, please tell me that you're you're lying about this. You're a big fan of the movie Clifford. Oh yeah, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> I love that movie. Is so there much. is there a conflict? <laughs> that uh, uh, yeah, 
it's Martin Short and Charles Grodin. Well, we love Charles Grodin. Yeah. Trying uh, to get him. A, but when the two of them are in that movie, that's the whole thing. It's when you watch this movie, it's almost like one of those Jerry Lewis movies we were talking about where it's like Martin Short's probably 40 at this yeah. point. <laughs> and he's playing a 10-year-old. <laughs> and he's in short pants. Yep. And just, but he knows it. That's the thing. Unlike Jerry Lewis, who's showing up oblivious and thinks he's pulling it off, that yeah. he's like, like people think I'm still the bellboy in this thing. It's like Mar- Martin Short knows how nuts it is that he's playing a 10-year-old against adults. And they're kind of the thing where they have trenches dug in the thing so that he's little when he's dancing next to the adult. Like, you know, you just don't see shot from the knees down anything because he's clearly on a lower level so he's looks small yeah and when him martin short and charles Grodin together in that movie i think is some of the like the, i think they're so funny together because they're doing that kind of slow burn he like he martin short gets charles Grodin to do that him irritated is the funniest thing ever when charles Grodin is just fed up with something and you did you acquire something from from the movie yeah i bought uh one of his outfits from the movie uh i admire, uh, on, I admire on, that yeah so i have uh the dinner jacket that clifford wore to the big dinner party you remember the dinner party scene oh Gilbert that was so good when <laughs> he, have you actually I, seen clifford yes i remember <laughs> when the movie came out uh, martin short was at a press conference and the reporters were going well why were you pretending you're a kid why didn't they just get a child actor? And Martin Short, very snootish, <laughs> snooty, goes, well, you know, to people who ask that question, I say, go see Problem Child. <laughs> oh, so and this I is thought, a, well, that, thank you. That hurts. So, yeah. so and, this is like and, the East Coast, West Coast rap Yeah, view. yeah. It's like yo, Problem yo. Child and Clifford. <laughs> I didn't realize it stepped on the toes. So that, yeah. that was another great one. Alexander and Karaszewski's was, uh, that was such a great one. You, oh, you yeah, had yeah. We love guys those guys. On. Yeah. Just yeah. that. We had shaky audio because we were in a, in a hotel room. But other than that, when when they said that for the second Problem Child movie that they wanted to shoot it on sixteen millimeter, yeah. <laughs> that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Like it's like that's not even a movie. Like how can they put that in a theater? Like there's so much here. Well, let's talk, yeah. we'll talk a little bit about music. And uh, you've done shows. One of my favorites that I listened to was the worst songs of all time, and you took calls. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people brought up Starships, We Built This City. Sure, yeah. Lyrics oh, by Bernie an Taupin. Annoying, that's yeah. an annoying yeah. song. Yeah, yeah, that's a really yeah. bad one. Did you finally, and I, we were talking on the phone, and you said you didn't remember what the winner was. I can't remember what the winner was of that. Was it Porcupine Pie? It might have been Neil Diamond? by Neil Diamond, Porcupine Pie, this song that just sounds like, like he's just trying. It sounds like the kind of thing they would play like. You know, like when they're trying to get people in like a like at Waco or whatever to surrender and they like blast music at the at the compound. It's like that's the song that they would if they would play Porcupine Pie within like a half hour, everybody would come out with their hands up and just be surrender. Um, I don't remember. I know I did the there was the creepiest song. Oh, of yeah. All yeah. Time, Talk about that. Which, you, you, you do great lists, which I think ended up being. um was a uh, young girl by uh by uh, uh Gary Puckett. Now, do we have that Do we have Young Girl by Gary Puckett, Frank? 
Like if you look at the lyrics to Young Girl, it's skin crawling. Young girl, get out of my mind. <laughs> my my love <laughs> for you is way out of line. Better run, girl. You're much too young, girl. About two measures behind. With, with all the charms of a woman you kept. The secret of your youth That's creepy. You led me to believe You're old enough To give me love okay, let Tom do it, he knows the world oh, And now it. it hurts To know the truth Oh, beneath your perfume <laughs> Makeup You're just a baby in disguise And though you know It is wrong to be alone. What happened to Tom? <laughs> oh, this is this is a solo. This is the best. Go ahead, the best Tom. thing I ever heard. Come on, no, Tom. Please. Go ahead. I can't compete with that. I can't compete with that. Oh, that was the you, funniest you thing. You know, you know what? Let's shut the music up and just read this. Let's just read, yes. So, that's the way to do it. Wonderful. Oh my creepy. god, you were yeah. about four minutes behind. Yeah. <laughs> just, he says uh, All right. Go young, ahead, Tom. Young girl, get out of my mind. Okay, already yeah. he's my, thinking about young girls. My love for you is way out of line, so he Ooh, knows he's guilty. Yes. You're much too young, girl. Yeah, you're much too. Better run, girl. Ooh. Yeah, don't forget he's telling her to run. You're much too young, girl. <laughs> You've kept the secret of your youth. Yeah. And then he's now blaming her because she. you led me to believe you're old enough to give me love. Oh, here, you're just a baby in disguise. Yeah, beneath your perfume and your makeup, you're just a baby in disguise. That's the creepiest thing imaginable. <laughs> that come on look is in your eyes. It's horrifying. <laughs> so hurry home to your mama. Dara, cancel Gary Puckett. <laughs> yeah. And Billy Crystal. Yeah. <laughs> And Harry Shearer. Yeah. The list of <laughs> the list of cancellations grows. That would be. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, we had Dana Gould here and he turned us on to uh, the Dean Martin thing that you guys were talking about. Where, the, where he's singing to the girl on the monkey oh, bars oh or on the swings. God. Oh, no, I think I was the one that what, mentioned what, that What was one. the name of that, that thing? That was, yeah, yeah. I, I looked that one up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there, there is... Dean Martin, and like on the set of his show. Paul, it's maybe made, you can find this one, it, research it for us. It's made to look like a children's p- playground <laughs> with swings and slides. Uh-huh. And and uh-huh. Dean Martin's there with a bunch of real little girls. <laughs> and Dean oh Martin's there in his tux and uh, cigarette yeah. and little girls <laughs> around in the playground going... Uh, I'm miss, but I've never done it with a real live girl. Oh, that's it. It's called Real Life Girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. That, so, but he's in a playground. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like he, it's like, it's like he had a stroke. Yeah. And then woke up in a, and he's doing no, that in no, a playground. No, no, he woke up and realized he's a pedophile. I, I didn't even need to see anything more than that still. He's just holding a child. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. And it, it just looks like he's a pedophile. Yeah. And he's around these little girls. It's it's so so creepy. There's also Claire. Remember Claire? Oh, by Gilbert O'Sullivan. The man right. and I with you, yeah. I swear. But she's but but it's just, it's uh, it's implied a baby. That, well, it's implied that he's her uncle or the, <gasps> or a babysitter. It's a little strange. Ooh. Yeah, and then she giggles at the end. She's a yeah. to- she's oh. clearly a toddler. Yes, it's a little yes. Dis- it's a little disturbing. Maybe his heart was in the right place. Yeah, that was that Gilbert O'Sullivan. Yep, Gilbert O'Sullivan. Yeah. Yeah, and he, and then he also had uh, alone you, again naturally. Oh yeah, yeah. And and you give me the creeps when you hop up on your feet. So get, get down, down, get <laughs> down, very good. get down. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. You're a bad dog, baby, <laughs> but I still want you around. <laughs> so. Once upon a time, we drank colored <laughs> Things he wine. remembers. Was Tom, as yeah. happy as can be. No stopping. Happy him. as can be. Now, now I'm, I'm just, just like, like a cat, cat on a hot tin, tin roof. Baby, what do you think you're doing to me? <laughs> I have the single. Yeah, so his, it's like a cry for help with that guy. Oh, Every no, song is like. time he was singing to a dog. That's a dog. That one's yeah. about. Okay. That's a song to a dog. Okay. Which is a whole yeah. other subgenre. Yeah, kind of like the son of Sam. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's Gilbert O'Sullivan and David Berkowitz. <laughs> what if they were singing? What if it was the same dog? <laughs> That they were that they were dealing with. Oh my God! All right, I'm going to read these real quick because I love your lists. I love okay. that you did the creepiest songs. I love you. Now Gilbert would get a kick out of this. But this Death is- Wish Three, yeah, yes, because it's like I'm fascinated by Death Wish Three, where the first one comes out in the '70s, and it's like like I think it's like five people. He shoots like well, like four or five people in it. Yeah. Then the second one, he goes to L.A. and shoots like. Seven people. Yeah. And then the third movie, he shoots 200 people. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it's like a gang has taken yeah. over the neighborhood yeah. and he's he, blasting away at Yeah, them. he's like Rambo. In yes. The se- like, I think Rambo came out between the movies, so I think everybody needed this body count now. So suddenly Bronson's rolling through New York just mowing people down. Oh, yes. Just running with his down the street, just shooting. Just It's yeah. like... That would be the biggest story in American history that that 200 people were shot in a giant gang riot. Well, we had uh, Stuart Margolin was in the first one. Yeah? Yeah, we had him here. I know and you're a Rockford in Files guy. those later Death Wish movies, mm-hmm. at least there, there was still a gang, you know, yeah. a street gang. But then it was like fighting the mob and everything. Yeah. It's like, no, no, that's not what Death Wish no. is. No. And a lot of those also, like, Bronson's kind of like sitting in a chair. Oh, yes. Kind of just like telling guys to go. Like, I think they, the fifth one, I think he kind of had helpers. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like the, he was like the, like the commander of like his, his little, oh, yes. like his squad. And and uh, Bronson had it in his contract, like that he doesn't work past a certain hour. Yeah. So they would have to. I think they do a lot of scenes where, okay, just pick up your gun and shoot. Okay, now pick up your gun again and shoot. Yeah. Now turn your head and shoot the gun, and they'd attach it to someone yeah. falling. So it's down like there. Fred McMurray in My Three Sons, where they would like. Yes. Shoot him out at the staircase for the season. They'd be just like all the like 
he or whatever like a run of episodes all his stair all his scenes at the base of the staircase they would just shoot like five episodes worth of him at the staircase just saying whatever he's saying upstairs to the kids or or they'd have him in an easy chair in the living room and <laughs> yeah. was he uh, in that bad of shape that they had to just i just no, didn't no. want to be there he, oh he didn't want to be there yeah oh i he thought was he was already a movie star right and this was a drop down so he said i'll do it but i wanted it, all my stuff done in a day and that was yeah. the interesting thing about Bronson, too. Was it Stuart that told us this, that he had to wear his sister's hand-me-downs when he was a kid? Yes. That he, he had to wear when girls' wow. clothes. He, he uh, was sometimes had to wear his sister's dress because <laughs> the he stuff you had learn on this no show. money. Yeah. Yeah. The weird thing is that, that Stuart Margolin knew that. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> very <laughs> disturbing. What was Charles Bronson telling him? <laughs> Charles Bronson. Charles Buczynski. Charles Bronson used to be roommates with Jack Klugman. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. I that. Yeah. And of course, House of Wax, where he's you know House of Wax oh, with oh, yeah. Price, he's, Price movie. Yeah, he's, yeah. In, he's in he's under his old name. Oh, and he's in uh, a, a Tracy Hepburn movie. Is he? Yeah, he plays some like gangster, you know, a henchman. There's a great commercial he did for like this like this cologne in Japan. I saw that. Oh yes, I that, saw that. Yeah. So weird. It's the weirdest thing. It's like man, something man great or something like that. Where he's like pouring this. He's shirtless. Yeah. He's dancing around this uh, this apartment. He's splashing this cologne and all he's over himself. Firing a gun behind <laughs> yes. his back. Yeah, he really does. Did yeah. you see the one, the Japanese commercial with Michael J. Fox? No. Is that is, what what happens? Oh in it? my God! He is like he's like clipping hedges uh, uh-huh. in a yard, and then like some big. Japanese, he's making weird sculptures of the hedges, and some big fat Japanese woman sees him and gets angry, and then he makes this weird face, rolling his eyes around uh-huh. and holding his clippers in the air and jumping mm-hmm. up and down. Mm-hmm. And then is is that the one that Meredith Baxter Burney was so yeah, mad about? Yeah. yeah, where she she gets shit on by Michael. They bring in a very yeah. intricate Japanese glass yeah. coffee yeah. table. Really? Well, it's actually a glass and what tea was it? table what? because it's yeah. Japan. What were they advertising? <laughs> what, what was it for? Was I it for the table? I think it was for Windex. <laughs> <Windex>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know we're gonna get to these. We're gonna get to these lists when we the, the next time we have okay. you back, Tom. Oh my god! Because there's yeah. too much on here. Oh, that was... oh god! <laughs> we there's so much. Uh, what do you want to uh, plug? What's coming up? Well, I do the. That's just like a wide open. I know. Thing you, for you left I, out. I, I, I know it's not make divorce. Sure to mention divorce. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had well, video sometimes. Yeah, well, I wish people could see your face. Well, uh, you know, I have a fair amount of free time now. You guys, anybody wants to hang out? You can see a movie or whatever. Well, you're doing Steven Universe. Yeah, I'm around yeah. for that. I'm around for pretty much, I don't know if you guys here at Nutmeg need the hallway sweep or, <laughs> or whatever. I, no, I, um, 
I do the radio show, The Best Show, every Tuesday night. So that people can check out over at thebestshow.net. And uh, we do it live on Tuesday nights. It goes up as a podcast the next day. It's hilarious. And you're not going to be playing cards with Thomas Eaton Church. Well, <laughs> Gilbert, you never know where life takes you. That's true. <laughs> we'll get to these lists next time because they're pretty special. I might turn around and I might just say to him, go fish. <laughs> like six months from now, I'll be just saying to him, I have two sevens. And he'll say, I don't even know how you play go fish. I'm making up how you play. Before so, we jump, and yes. we'll, we'll, maybe we'll go out with a song, do you oh. even remember working with this man? Because you worked with him. Oh, yeah. Yes. It's worth mentioning. <laughs> and he says to me on the phone, yeah. he says, you know, Gilbert came in and, and did some stuff for us, but he won't remember. I but, guarantee it was, it was an Adult Swim video we were doing where you and I walked down the street eating ice cream. I remember that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. that yeah. now. It was a fun day, and you came and you did it, and you were great, and it was uh, we were so appreciative that you did it. Um, yeah, that was for an Adult Swim, like an infomercial that they were did, doing. Did anyone ever see it? Well, they ran it at four in the morning, oh. and, which was why they. <laughs> that was the point. Well, I don't you're think, up I don't, at that hour. I don't think we told you that when when we were trying to get you to do it. They might have left that out of the 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 information of what you were signing on for. Um. Yeah, a pizza online. People saw it. It was it was it was a lot of fun, and you were so great to do it. So, thank you. There's so much we didn't get to, and we'll do. We didn't talk about Kiss or Chris Elliott or the Beach Boys or all this other wow. stuff, and we'll get to it next time. Or Chuck, or you, you, uh, you and Chuck Woolery's uh, Twitter war, yeah, which people can find out about online, yeah. And if people, they're curious. People should also just check him out now. He has his goatee now. Chuck Woolery has his oh, goatee, geez. which is just solid white, but he's still got his hair is like pitch black and this white coat it looked like i thought it was like a halloween costume <laughs> when i saw him yeah. we were talking on the phone about why it's a strange thing that so many game show hosts are cons- ultra conservatives yeah. like yeah. pat sajak and, yeah. and wink martindale and yeah. apparently chuck woolery yeah i don't I know guess, why i guess it runs in that uh that game i guess they think that they're <laughs> odd they, yeah you know they they look at people and they just think you know let's get your act together everybody <laughs> Right? Why can't you be like me? <laughs> we didn't get to Kelsey Grammer either, and I urge our listeners to check out. <laughs> just just Google Tom, uh, uh, Tom Sharpling, Kelsey Grammer. Yes. You'll be glad you did. <laughs> well, thank you for having me here. I hope you had fun. Oh, I had so much fun. I hope so you enjoyed fun. being oh, roasted. Oh. Well, first I should do the goodbye. And you want to do, we'll do the goodbye first? Oh, okay. either way. Well, Tom is uh, is something of an Elton John fan, which oh, I discovered okay. from listening okay. to uh, the best show, and he confirmed it on the phone. And he oh, does a oh, he wait. does a bitchin' version of "Someone Saved My Life Tonight" on his show. So, Maestro Verderosa. Breaking my heart. I couldn't if I tried. Oh, honey, if I get restless. Baby, you're not that kind. (laughs) Don't go breaking my heart. You take the weight off me. Oh, honey, when you knock on my door. Oh, I gave you my key. (laughs) Nobody Nobody knows knows it it. 
when I was down. I was your clown. Nobody knows it. Right from the start, I gave you my heart. Oh, I gave you my heart. So don't go breaking my heart. I won't go breaking your heart. Breaking my, don't go breaking my. And nobody, oh, and nobody's told us. Let's say slow down. Right That's the next one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And, and nobody, nobody told us. Because nobody showed us. And now it's up to us, babe. Ooh, I think we can make it. So don't misunderstand me. <laughs> you put the light in my fire. <laughs> oh, you put the spark to the flame. I got your heart in my sights. Nobody knows it. <laughs> when I was down, I was your clown. Nobody knows it. Right from the start, I gave you my heart. Oh, I gave you my heart. Breaking my heart. I won't go breaking your heart. <laughs> Don't, break in my. Don't go breaking my. I won't go breaking your heart. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Is that enough? Did we do it? Oh, I surrender. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was just wrong. Oh, oh my God, that was oh. so funny. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Tom, you're game for anything. Well, God bless you. Thank you for oh. having me here. That was so much. Oh my I'm glad God. you had fun. So I'm Gilbert Gottfried. This has been Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast with my co-host Frank Santo Padre. And, um, I, oh, and we're once again at Nutmeg with our engineer, Frank Verderosa. Thank you, Frankie. And we're happy to have someone who's taking time off from the hit show. It's always important to, when you're in show business to take, take a step out every once in a while so you can reflect and before you go back in. And I'm going to tell our listeners to listen to the best show with Tom Sharpling and his partner, John Worst. Yeah, thank you. And it's hilarious. Thank you. Oh, my God. Thank give, you, Tom. Give our best to Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> and don't insult her husband like Gilbert did. I I thought that, that uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off was a piece of I, I heard I heard that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What did you think piece of, of sports. I, I think he, he's just a horrible human in it. Yes. Yes. He's the problem with everything. Ever the world would he's he's bumming everybody out and he's selfish and Yeah, he's, he's a horrible person. Yeah, yeah. I do like when uh when he uh 
when Jeffrey Jones is like, so that's what goes on in that family or whatever. But uh, then yeah. you realize what's going on in Jeffrey Jones's oh, family. Oh, God. Did <laughs> show? Yeah. Sarah canceled Jeffrey Jones. Sorry. Well, that's one he can't of those, do the best show. Now. That's one of those terrible things where you go, and he's such a good actor, too. Yeah. I like and, watching him. And yeah. Movies. And Amadeus. Yeah. Great mm-hmm. yeah. in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was a lot of fun in Devil's Advocate. And Beetlejuice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exhausted. And that was yeah, really <laughs> funny. <laughs> so it's 109 degrees in here. Thank you, Tom Sharpling. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you. <laughs> no more, please, no more. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Uh. <laughs>